Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Alert, alert, alert. Presented by 72 Soul. 51, 51, let's go. Let's go, here we go. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. the show on a Friday afternoon, a football Friday heading into a a game against the Seahawks. So pivotal, Wolf, that I don't even feel like I have to talk it up, honestly. I mean, it's the most pivotal game of this year, and I would say it's more pivotal than any game last year except the playoff game against the Rams, because they were, you start 10-2, and two, you kind of know, even when things are going sideways in the regular season. The rest of the way, you, you pretty much know you're a playoff team, you know? Yeah. This is like, it's uh, there's a lot on the line. Now, we had Cardinals general manager Steve Keim on the show about an hour, hour and a half ago, and we asked him a lot. We asked him about the Patrick Peterson stuff, and I'll play that in a second, but I want to start with this, Wolf. You asked him specifically what concerns him the most about this 3-5 and five start to the season. I mean, I just think the consistency on offense would have to be a, the alarming thing when you know that you have um, a number of talented players and on that side of the ball, and, and, and you feel like, to some degree, obviously to, to a degree, you've, under, you've underachieved. You haven't played good football in terms of playing together, playing in unison. You know, and the mistakes that we've made, whether it's been miscommunication with routes or time management with, you know, getting the, the, the playoff, just little things that obviously can be fixed but are very disappointing at this point. You didn't ask him about the offense. He went to the offense. Yeah, exactly right. And I agree with him 100%. That's exactly where I am. You know, when coming into this season, this was a Super Bowl caliber offense based on the talent they had on the roster. Looking at the depth chart, that's what I said, and that's what I believed. Okay, now listen. Um, have I been wrong in my life? You better believe I've been wrong. The Broncos wrong were a Super Bowl every, team. That's right. There you so did most people. <laughs> I love that. No, bring it up, Luke, because it's it's the truth. There are some people that do this job, ladies and gentlemen, they never want to admit when they're wrong. Don't want to admit when they're wrong, right? Um, as if they're going to explode into a million pieces if they just admit they're wrong and we're wrong. And yet for me, I'm wrong every day of my life. And that's the just thing. Just a sinner saved by grace. Um, so for me, I'm not afraid of being wrong. I've got an opinion and I'll give you my opinion. And so much of the time, people think my opinion is skewed for some reason. I'm angling somehow, some way, because I actually work for the Arizona Cup. That's not the case. I can tell you that right now. Don't project your weakness on me. That's bull. I would still say you've been more critical of this offense for two years than pretty much anybody. Uh, I, I'm just, just not loud, just not, uh, not over the top. Everything's got to change, just more analytical about it. Now, I want to say about this show, Wolf, I want to make sure I promote us this way. You're talking about people that are, are afraid to admit when they're wrong. We will always admit on this show when Wolf is wrong. That is <laughs> definitely something. I think that's a foundation of this show. We already know that, and that's okay, my brothers. I embrace that, man, because I know it makes me human like you and everybody else that's out there. Um, right now, the wrong. Arizona no, Cardinals and the offense has been so bitterly disappointing bitterly disappointing to me now again d hop is back and that has mitigated a lot of that bitterness that was forming the first half of the season watching this offense underperform 
And it's not just the talent. Okay, now they've been banged up. They've had a lot of problems with injuries. But you know what? Every team is banged up that way as well, right? But it's 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 the logistics of it all, too. And Steve talked about that, pointed to it, and said getting the play call in on time, right? I mean, it's, it's all of it put together that really um, has bummed me out a little bit. They are playing a lot better since D-Hop has been back. Let's, uh, let's get into some of the other stuff, because we don't typically have the GM on this show. We usually have Cliff. So we asked him at the end of the interview, what does he think about Cliff so far this year? I think that he's done a fine job in terms of uh, coaching. I think it takes two sides. It takes a side to coach and a side to execute. And we're all in this together, so there's no pit fingers being pointed on our side. I mean that's that's not the first time we've heard that we've heard from DeAndre Hopkins in a, in a way this week that uh, you got to execute. We've heard from other former players, current players. You got to execute. Yeah, it's coaching. You've said this. It's coaching. Yes, you also have to execute. So um, Steve Kime saying the same thing right there. Yeah. You know what I would do right now if I were this is just me. Um, if I were Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I would say, okay, how many practices am I allowed to have in pads? Okay. How Stack many, them all right now. You know, right, exactly, because nowadays you got to worry about this kind of stuff. The NFLPA says, no, 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 not so fast on that. How many practices can I actually, back in my day, are you kidding me? There were guys that were like, okay, full gear, full gear on, it's week 10 of the NFL season. We're going full gear on a Wednesday. And we might do it Thursday, too. I'm going to tell you this right now. The Cardinals are not going full gear any of these Wednesdays yeah, coming up. You know up. what? I would make sure that um, there is one padded practice. I don't know how many they have left. I would make sure they have one where you can just burn it until the, the end of the season. Um, coming out of the bye week or something? Coming out of the bye week. Yeah. Exactly right. I I think that's what I would do to try to... To try to bring that sense of urgency around at some point in time. Um, maybe you do it now. Maybe you burn them now. Just go ahead and do it now because you've got this three-game window. It'd be a great way to focus these guys right now, Luke, to say, this, guys, this is no joke. We have to do it, and we have to do it now. Or never. Yeah, I don't hate the emphasis putting on being put on these three games because I know the 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 worry is always like, well, if you put all this emphasis on the Seahawks game and you lose, then what are you going to say after that? Uh, you know, if you struggle in these next three games, it really doesn't matter what you say after that. You need to win at least two of these next three games. That emphasis should be there. Now, obviously, Steve Kime on with us earlier. We had to ask him about Patrick Peterson as well because Patrick Peterson made Steve Kime a pretty big story earlier this week, and so we asked him about uh, you know, just how does it feel getting called out by your former corner. I mean, I have nothing but respect for for Pat and the, the, the athlete and the, the talent that he possesses. Obviously, during my tenure as uh, general manager, one of the more talented corners that I've seen him play in the league. And so I have a lot of respect for him as a player. I have no problems with it. Probably the answer you need to give as a GM. Don't you think Probably. you don't you don't want to get into a a, a shouting match? No with a doubt about player. it, man. No doubt about it. 
Uh, I didn't expect anything but um, a class answer from Steve. So we started the interview with me asking that, and then you asked him about the uh, the, the letter Patrick Peterson was talking about. I, I do not. I am unaware of that. So that's... He didn't want... Yeah, he, he was not going to comment on that whatsoever, and that's really been the mysterious thing about this story. One of the mysterious the things. Le- specifically the story. letter the story. The letter yeah. story. Nobody seems to have any I, sort of comment, or and I, I didn't expect uh, Steve Kime to, to comment on that. I, I Like you said, uh, give us the answer on the first one about Patrick Peterson talking about Steve Kime, and he did. I didn't expect him to have a, a comment about the letter, but really nobody seems to have a comment about the letter. Yeah, you know, first of all, let me just say this quickly, too, because it's on my brain, but during the regular season, padded practices, you can have 14, a total of 14 pad, which I just start you, laughing. You, you, I'm sorry. You say you're going to do this at certain, you would burn through them all in the first 14 practices. 14 total practices, pads, you can have during the season, 11 of which must be held during the first 11 weeks of the regular season, or you lose them. Three of which must be held during the remaining six weeks of the regular season. Okay, so think about that. You burn through them all. You, you, <laughs> you basically can only have one, one padded practice uh, during the week, uh-huh. and you've got to burn all eleven of them. If you, man, I would. I, how many padded practices do we have, Cliff? Because I would use them to ask, send. Ask him on Monday. I, I'm going to do that. <laughs> how many padded practices do we have left? Because right now, I'd be burning them in this three-game window in the NFC West. Just to send a message and get that urgency level where it needs to be. They better come out with a sense of urgency in the first quarter against the Seahawks. I want to see it, man. I, I, that it, first quarter, huge. In all three phases. That'll be the most inexplicable moment of the season to me if they don't come out looking like they have a sense of urgency in the first quarter against the Seahawks. Like, you should put up 10 points on the Seahawks in the first quarter this week. Yeah, you know, once again, um, I'm not going to say that. I, I am. Well. I need to see a touchdown. I, that's good. I, I'm going to say play well. Play well. Go out and play well. That's what you should be doing. The sense of urgency, go out and play well. Because the other guy's going to go out there and try to play well as well. (laughs) Can I say well one more time? You only get 11 wells over the course of the first 11 weeks of the season. So I would say this. If you could will yourself to go out and score touchdowns just the way you just made it sound like, you know, go out there and score a touchdown. (laughs) I would say this. What's wrong with your will the other time you're out there? I'm not saying you can will yourself to score a touchdown, but we're going into week nine. You're going to need a first quarter touchdown at some point. Maybe I'm with you on the first quarter (laughs) touchdown. Tonight, the Suns are going to face the only team that has beaten them so far this season. So how are they going to respond? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah. Here we go, Eric Turner. Google it, my young crumbs. Love you, Eve. Suns get Portland tonight. They'll get Portland again tomorrow. And uh, Anthony Simons is, is the guy to watch with no Dame tonight. <laughs> you all right over there? Are you going to pot it all the way down? Or are you just, you know... <laughs> okay. 
okay, I'm good now. Are you? That you made me feel good right there, right there. For a second there, okay. Yeah, it's understandable. You ever seen them in concert? I have not seen uh, them in concert. I have not seen the Chili's in concert, oh, no. Okay. All right. Uh, Devin Booker talking about Anthony Simons on the, uh, the, obviously he hit the, what was ultimately the game winning shot against uh, the Suns the first time. When no Dame means no Dame to come up and talk to DA if he has to hit crucial free throws at the end of the game in this uh, this contest tonight, too. But Something tells me he might be yelling it out. That's true. He's still, still there. Uh, Booker on Anthony Simons. I mean, it does everything. And, you know, the team trusts him. Um, I'm sure Dame trusts him. I think that last play against us was, you know, a test of that. Um, and just the willingness to, to take that shot. You know, says a lot about you know a young player. So, you know, I've been it's been really really cool to watch this game develop over time and being able to see it. You know, in his in his first year when he was like I think 18 when he came in, and you know now just a steady improvement, steady getting better. How about that right there? <laughs> book talking like he's 33 yeah you know what i mean you know these these kids coming in like book you're you've been 25 for seven years and you're going to be 25 for another 20 years Uh, he's just so under control man i really really like it it's one of the things i think he does really well is control his emotions even when he competes yeah um there have been teams of course we've seen it from time to time that like to metaphorically take the stick and jab him in the eye See if they can get some type of response out of Devin Booker. And I think the word is basically spreading across the league that that is not what you want to do. <laughs> it took a while to spread. It, well, it does. Like though, the Nuggets. Honestly, the Nuggets. How many times are the, are the Nuggets going it, to? It's that those are the same people that are there. You're hiking, right? And you're, is that a rattlesnake? Okay. Well, now do you just do you keep walking? Do you kind of, right. get, or do you just pick up a stick and keep jabbing the rattlesnake? Right, but the people know, that keep jabbing Devin Booker are the ones that, hey, look, it's rattling. Oh, now it looks angry. But y- you know that sample size matters. Sample size matters in any sport. When you're trying to create a metric, you've got to look at the sample size of said metric, and that's no different in testing human beings. I don't care if you're playing in the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, scouting reports matter. And sample size, when you start talking about scouting reports, that matters too. Well, speaking of sample size, Cam Johnson coming off one of the best games of his career in the Suns' last game, a win. And he talked. We played the audio after that game. Cam's like, look, I'm in a, a position where, where my coaches encourage me to keep shooting if I if I miss a couple shots. And my teammates look at me like, why are you not shooting anymore just because you missed a couple shots? So Monty Williams talked about that. He's a guy that we know that he can make that shot and teams respect it because they, they keep contesting it. So <laughs> we want our guys to you know, have the mentality that even when they miss to keep shooting the ball, especially when they have, have open shots. Uh, he's done a good job of mixing the pop and the dive um, and pick and rolls on offense this year. We, we like that balance. I think it can keep teams off balance for sure. It does for us when we, we're playing against a pick and pop big but that big has the uh, ability to roll. It can throw off your, your pick-and-roll coverages at times, so we kind of like that, that mix. Once again, I've talked about this, but imagine this, Space and Audience, right now, right? Um, 
you're a young guy and you're really super talented and yeah, okay. You're, you're, it's not like it's the first year in the league for you yet. At the same time on the, on your roster, you've got Devin Booker and you have Chris Paul. Okay. <laughs> Would you say those are two established guys in the league? Yes. Incredibly established guys. But suddenly now they're looking at you. Just imagine this now. They're looking at you and counting on you to take more threes. <laughs> They're counting on you to actually take more shots. They're counting on you. They're actually trying to set you up, as a matter of fact, for you to take more shots. Would you say that mentally that's going to take a little time for you to get on top of? I, I, I would imagine it would. Especially with, with Cam, the way he talked earlier in the week where he has been on teams before, and obviously these aren't NBA teams because it's the only NBA team he's ever been on, but he's been on teams before where he would miss a few shots and the coach was like, stop shooting. <laughs> I know. It's not the best thing to say to a shooter. Also, not to shoot down your point, but this is the weirdest stat, and it's still maybe the most unbelievable stats to me in sports. Cam Johnson's technically older than Devin Booker by a few months. Can you believe that? <laughs> Blows your mind, doesn't it, Matt? And I knew Booker, I, I knew his birthday was, was last week, right? And, and I knew he was 25, but it looks like he did actually age up to 26 this year. Usually yeah. he just stays at 25. <laughs> well, what's amazing, Cam Johnson, I know it's his fourth year. I get it. I, I know, you know, he's, this is no young rookie anymore. Well, and I... But he's still a guy that was making his way. I'm sorry. Last year, I thought was a breakout season for Cam Johnson. He he had some games that were just electrifying last year that I think really was probably the precursor to Jay Crowder and what's what's happened with Jay Crowder and all of a sudden Cam Johnson being looked at as a starter. I get that. And Jay Crowder tweeting about Cam Johnson and then deleting but, the tweets. Yes, but That's now we are all now. of a sudden, um, this is Cam Johnson. All this pressure that is on him right now, we've talked about it many times. There's a lot of pressure that's on him to go out and be better than Jay Crowder. No, no. And, and of course... Never put a robe on and dance in <laughs> never, front of a mirror. Never bringing Cam Johnson up again on this show. Well, Sorry, Cam. He is you can becoming, win MVP. I'm not going to bring you up for this reason. He is becoming something, though. He is. What that something is, um, I don't know, but we're all going to have a front row seat to it. It, it. To me... He's still in the development stage, would you not say? Yeah, I would. And I'd even go one step further and say, when you look at how this team can improve on last year... He's the factor you control the most, right? How you go further in the playoffs. You already, some of it's going to be intangibles. Some of it is going to be guys making plays or guys getting hurt. But Cam Johnson is the most, like, the thing that the Suns have the most control over. No matter how fast I talk, the music just keeps going. You know what's amazing about this, too? You cannot play this music. Oh, Silence of the Lambs. Go ahead and Google it. Never watching it because we play this song on this show. Just go ahead and Google it right there. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. It's kind of like the first time I heard Jem actually do an update. I, I, as soon as I heard Jim doing the update, I said to myself, that guy, there's something there. There's something going on. What are you going to become? And Jim, it's one of the reasons why I called him. His name is Ruby, Eric Ruby, his last name Ruby. I nicknamed him Jim because he's a gem, is he not? Um, what are you becoming, Eric Ruby? I just like when we have these these days, and I've, I got to give this <laughs> disclaimer. 
Sarah Cazell is one of my favorite people in this building, one of my best <laughs> friends in this building. But on the days when we go Zach Larson and Jem back-to-back on the updates, and Zach's like, ooh, the, the political unrest in Sri Lanka. <laughs> and then Jem's in here, and he's just like, ah, oh, the Suns are playing tonight. Somebody's going to get hurt. You're going to get your face blowing off. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't put the robe on, Jem. No. Don't do that. Uh, don't. Gotta, how is it Tell me you don't have a yet. well in your basement, Jem. All right, I got to give you a DeAndre Ayton update. Are we done with this? Uh, yeah, I, I'm done. This horrible charade. Dancing in front of the mirror. <laughs> you see, you ruined it. I was almost out of it, and you ruined it. Uh, Monty Williams, not surprised that DeAndre Ayton is back within a week. Not really. I mean, guys that you know, put the work in, our sta- all these staffs around the league, they're, they're vast in how they can help guys get back on the floor, keep guys healthy, whatever the case may be. So I'm not surprised, nor am I like, you know, anything. It's just just the way, just where we live. Uh, but we, we, we don't have a definitive, clear-cut um, answer as to whether or not he's going to play tomorrow. He did go through a full practice. Yeah, so that was yesterday, and yeah, it sounds right. like now that uh, the DA is likely going to play tonight. He's going to play tonight, and um, I don't know how many minutes he's actually going to play, but he's good to go, and um, I think we're going to definitely see him. Imani basically told us right there, hey, listen, as long as he comes back and everything's fine, he's going to be good to go. We need a new uh, DA game, because last year we had waiting on Aiton or pay DA, but obviously they paid DA. They really took that literally and waited all the way till July. Yeah, they did both. Yeah. They waited and they picked. Wow, they broke the game. Boy, how difficult is that? James Jones wins and we both lose. <laughs> so, actually, DA wins because he got a lot of money. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, where do the Cardinals stand injury-wise heading into week nine? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Soul. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we're bringing this back. Oh, no. The Cardinals are 1-0 and with the headband this season, and 2-5 and without it, we're bringing it back. Okay, Luke has got the headband on. Um, I gotta take a picture of that. People think there's something wrong with me though when I walk out in the newsroom because they're all out there doing their serious news stuff and I'm walking through looking like well, the first of dude all, from Cobra Kai. Yeah, exactly. Never forget this, Basin Orleans. If you're gonna go ahead and put the headband on, if you're gonna do it, make sure you walk around all day long with it. People on. need to see it. Seriously. Otherwise, what's the point? What, what is the point? You're going to do it. Oh, I, I'm going to put it on when I, I play basketball or I'm going to put it on when I take a walk outside. That's when I'm no, I'm talking about walking to an office with the headband on. Naturally, you're going to wear if you're going to wear it and go bandana, too. Don't be afraid of the bandana. Look, I mean, you were famous for the, the bandana. <laughs> um, it's uh it's well known. I feel like a lot of people lost respect for me in this office whenever I wore this last time. And then the Cardinals went out and won. And that's how big of a game this is. I'm willing to evaporate whatever remaining respect there is for me out there in that newsroom to get the Cardinals a win this Yes, Sunday. right, exactly, man. Um, it's so important. It really is right now. It is. I'm glad you put the headband on. Because it's a headband game. Can we document that inside command and control right now? I can't get on my phone. I don't know what's going on with it. But uh, go ahead and take a picture of Luke at some point in time with a bandana on, just so we can go ahead and document it. Last game was, um, was pre-Carolina. That's what it was. 
It was pre-Carolina. Yeah. So, maybe, so we're going to find out. We're running a little test here because it's possible the headband had nothing to do with it, and it was just a simple fact that Baker Mayfield... <laughs> it's highly likely the, the headband had nothing yeah, to do with it. Uh, this is the scientific process at okay, work, and I think we, we should go. really embrace and it. And, of course, Rick walks in right now. He's got the jersey on, the Bertrand really want to Barry look at Rick. jersey. Rick. What? I don't want to look at Rick. Rick. It feels weird. Um, This is like we were saying before earlier. Rick is the hard knocks camera. First of all. Trying to do a show. Rick's right here. (laughs) Zooming in. Trying to actually talk on your microphone with him taking a picture of you. He's got the jersey on. The way too tight jersey. I might add as well. B-Train wouldn't walk around with that thing on right now. And it was B-Train's jersey. Can I also say that this three game window. We all know how important it is. And one of the things I love the most. I don't hear Cliff Kingsbury. I don't hear Vance Joseph. I don't hear players inside that locker room shying away from the next three games and just how important the next three games are. To the- Time to take a look at the Arizona sports poll question. Magic word. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Well, you went there. What record do you think the Cardinals will have during their three-game NFC West stretch? Uh, so your choices are 3-0, and 2-1, 1-2, or 0-3. No 1-1-1? I'm going to say 2-1. I'm going to say 2-1 right now. Uh, you know, who knows? I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm an optimist. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. I am, but I think Seattle is beatable. And especially if somehow, some way. The Rams go down to the Buccaneers. You could see that happening. And they're three and five? Uh yeah, you know what? Um I could see the Cardinals beating the Rams. I hate this question because it, it puts Just me like to they a test. Did in 2021. It's true, they did. In LA. In LA. Uh as I said earlier in the week, I think they beat Seattle. I think they lose to San Francisco. So then that means it comes down to the Rams game. I'm, 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 I'm going to go one and two. I need oh, to see you beat the Rams. And I prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. And like I said yesterday, Wolf, everybody can be like, you didn't believe that they were going to beat the Rams and the 49ers, you fool. Yeah, I would love to be wrong. Okay, so 45% say one and two. 31% say 0 oh and 3. 14% say 2 and 1. And then 9% 3 and 0. Oh. Tell you, that 9%, I want to be friends with those people. Yeah, give me the 2 and 1 again. What was the percentage, Mel? 14. 14. Oh, boy. I'm in the minority. There's not, not as much as the 3 and 0 oh people. Boy, there's a lesson in life there for me. I thought you had some point in time. <laughs> the minority. Did, did you not think? Did you, you know, think you were like everybody else well, before this poll question, Wolf? No, and Toddy, of course, Todd Walsh. We all know Toddy and I. Uh, we we live on a separate island, right? I saw him at the game last night, the Coyotes game, and he was like, "What was I on your show yesterday?" Yeah, exactly. I like, I don't know. Todd, please just do your broadcast, okay, <laughs> Toddy? Uh, the injury report. Since I have to bring everybody down with this injury report. Um, Buda Baker didn't practice yesterday or Wednesday, but I believe he was out there today. Cliff Kingsbury giving an update on Buda and the fact that he is um, hopeful. I hope so. Yeah, we'll see how he feels tomorrow on the run Sunday and see where he's at. Yeah. Um, okay, hopeful. Yeah, he needs to be out there. Boy, that's, man. Honestly, especially when you're playing this team, the Seattle Seahawks are going to come in. They're going to try to run the ball, man. They're going to do it. I, I've got this, seriously, I've got this feeling. They're going to try to, if Kenneth Walker the third doesn't get the ball 25 times, whether they're throwing it to him or, or running the ball with him, uh, I'm going to be surprised. 
I, I think 25 he's going to 25 number. touches, man. And why wouldn't you? Especially based on coming off the film you just saw against the Minnesota Vikings. How were they able to run the ball, especially in the first half? Very well. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Walker is, is kind of the, I don't want to say the unknown on Seattle, but he's their X factor this season, right? He steps in, and ever since he has stepped in, they since he started starting, they haven't lost a game yet. Yes, but anytime you're talking about being able to run Kenneth Walker the third the way that I think they are going to try, and then you've got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they're going to throw the ball down the field as well because this is what Geno Smith has been doing all year long. Do you think safeties are important in this game for the Arizona Cardinals? Yes. Well, you put uh, you put that number. Would you say twenty five? Yeah. I don't I don't know what the over under in Vegas is, yeah, but his his, uh, his last three games nineteen twenty three and twenty three touches in the last. Three <laughs> there games. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Luke, I, this Spot is on. innate, man. I had no idea about the touches. You should. You need to. You need to capitalize. That was, that was really good. I just pulled that right. Look, everybody, come twenty-five. See, randomly predict lines that are um, somehow exactly right. Okay, good. Uh, more from Cliff today, talking about James Conner and DJ Humphreys. Um, yeah, feeling better. We'll see how they feel Sunday, but uh, felt better today. Well, okay, I guess that's good. You know what? I'm going to take that as a positive right there. I'm going to put it into the positive column and say that they're going to play both those guys. I see. I like this part of the week where Wolf just rolls everybody in. Well, I, you know, again, <laughs> you're right. That's yeah. my favorite part. It makes oh, me feel better. I'm like Buddha, 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 Buddha. If Buddha, you're listening, please. Stop listening and get better. Buddha, at some point, right. Buddha, what are you doing? I mean, at some point in time, You Buddha, know full well. There's no chance if how, you don't play. how important safeties are when you're talking about tackling. Um, they're called safeties for a reason. Okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, we all know about Geno Smith and his ability to throw the ball down the field. They're called completed air yards. He's number three in the National Football League in completed air yards. It measures how far you throw the ball in the air and still complete passes. He's number three behind Tom Brady and Josh Allen. Okay? That needs to stop. It does. For a week. It really, I mean. Safeties are important when, when you're talking about a quarterback throwing the ball down the field. Ron Wolfley reporting. I want to go back to Kenneth Walker for a second because Vance Joseph did talk about him. Trust my evaluation, right? <laughs> and he was a special back, and he is. I mean, and obviously, the more he plays, the better he looks. And every game he's making, he's making, uh, you know, runs that that that's special. I mean, he's making guys miss. He's breaking tackles with his quickness and with his power in his legs. He's catching the ball better. So watching this kid early on, I knew he was going to be a good player, but boy, he's coming on fast and every game he's making a game-changing play. Yeah, they should mm-hmm. let you step in and veto another team's draft pick. So like if Vance Joseph's like, ah, this guy's going to be good. Oh, Seattle's about to take him. No. Sorry. Pass. Somebody so, else can take him. It's pretty funny, Luke. Uh, you know, you put the headband on, you start saying stupid stuff. <laughs> start? Well, it was the minute the camera went into the studio to take the picture. Yeah, that was the issue. Hey, okay, that's nice. Did we tweet that thing out? <laughs> it needs, I think Did it needs a slightly that? bigger. Oh, it's folded. I need like a bigger yeah. headband. You right. know, honestly, uh, listen, if they win, you're going to wear that. Yeah. You better believe you're, not you're gonna wearing be laughing it again on, Monday. on Friday. I'm willing to wear this as long as I need to through this three-game stretch, as long as they keep winning. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that sounds good right there, yeah, Luke, yeah. in the State Farm I'll, Stadium. I'll, I'll get them in the Cardinals playoffs. I, I thought they'd already be in a better spot. I wouldn't have to go to these ridiculous measures. Uh, it was you a know busy... what's amazing about that, too, is I look over at you. Yeah. All I can see is Paul Calvisi. Because if Paul Calvisi were wearing that, it'd look like a shoestring on his forehead. <laughs> Interesting. Poor Paul. Paul's probably driving around right now doing like charity work or something, and you're just trashing him on the radio. Uh, it was a busy week around the world of sports. We're going to catch you up on all of it. Wow, all of it? With our uh, work week wrap-up, that's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, it's Friday. It's one forty-five. Wolf, it is time for the work week wrap-up, wrapping up the week of work. Okay. Starting on Monday. Monday. Monday, Cliff Kingsbury talked about uh, Rodney Hudson probably not going to play against Seattle. This was all the way back on Monday, mind you. Yeah, I mean, he's a Pro Bowl caliber center. Very uh, established leader, very cerebral, um, great at the mic points, doing all those things. So if you lose a piece like that, it's, it's never going to be easy to replace him. And um, So we'll see when we get him back. Boy, that just put me in a mood. I found it worrisome. Monday put me in a mood. Yes. Well, Nick put us all in a mood. hearing that put me in a real mood. Knowing on Monday that he's not going to play is not the most encouraging thing. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury joined us on Monday, and we asked him if he agreed with his quarterback that that loss against Minnesota was self-inflicted. I do. I do. you got to give them credit. I mean, like I talked to you all earlier, it's an incredible D-line, great rushers. Um, They have great coaching. Great players on offense, so that they made their plays. But we had some opportunities that, that we really squandered. Or we felt like, um, and, and on the road against a good team like that, you can't do that. No, you can't do that right there. Just listening to Cliff say that, which um, is the truth, made me feel even worse. Monday was uh, Halloween, too. This has been a long week, which is what I say every Friday. And I look back, I'm like, oh, that happened this week? Yeah. That happened this week? All Hallows Eve. Uh, this Monday Night Football was a wolf-type game. Nick Chubb just running wild. For set underneath center. On second down, Jacoby waits and takes and gives it. Chubb darts left. He's through to the five and going in. Touchdown! Nick Chubb! Brown's just handling the Bengals on Monday Night Football. Because of Nick Chubb yes. and their ability to run the ball. Specifically the tackles on. Anything that else put me in an even worse <laughs> mood at that point in time. Uh, all right, so then on to Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday, the Nets, they seem like a well-run organization right now. They fire Steve Nash. This has been a discussion within the Nets with Steve Nash and management ownership here in the last few days as this season really just started to unravel the four straight losses, the Kyrie Irving situation. Sorry, they mutually agreed to part ways. Everybody mutually agrees to part ways, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well. That was Woj, by the way, talking. Nash was about to lose it. I mean, he had to be restrained as as the coach. (laughs) Which I, why do I chuckle every time I think of Steve Nash having to be restrained? Because that's like Kurt Warner losing it on somebody. (laughs) Like, he just doesn't lose it. Well, you know what? I don't want to say this about Greybeard. I don't want to say this. But Steve Nash, to me, seems like a pacifist. He he always has seemed like that. Away from the floor. Yeah. 
yeah. not on the floor, but he's away from it. Canadian, he likes uh, his exactly. hockey and soccer. And, and suddenly yeah. to see him uh, uh, be restrained, <laughs> um, I, that was a weird image, man. It, it was one of the few times I can ever remember hearing, okay, this coach just got let go, and me thinking... Good for him. He, he deserves a break. Well, Steve needs that like you need a kick in the cradle. Uh, the NFL trade deadline came and went. Dolphins, they ended up making that trade for Bradley Chubb. Here's Mark Spears. This is a young defensive end that has played really good football. Now he has an opportunity to be across from Jalen Phillips. A defense really supported by guys on the back end that can play man-to-man coverage. Yeah. So from a football context, it makes all the sense in the world. They got the player we all wanted. By we all, I mean like fans of pretty much every other NFL team. Yeah. What else you got? <laughs> well, we got the uh, college, but just so you know, Wolf, we're only in Tuesdays. So buckle up. You're halfway out the door. Uh, the college football playoff rankings were about? released. I could see you like leaning out. This, uh, <laughs> here's Heather Tinnish. Tennessee came into yesterday with the number one resume in the country. What was a little bit surprising was that LSU was number 10. So it went, it went, uh, Tennessee won, Ohio State two, Georgia three, Clemson at four. Yeah. Undefeated Michigan at five, undefeated TCU at seven. Okay. There you go. That's good. Uh, ASU, former ASU head coach Herm Edwards, it was announced he's rejoining ESPN. Hello, you play to Sons the game. You know, what's, <laughs> and then on Friday, I, okay. What is weird, Wolf, is, is I saw Herm on, he's on ESPN today. I saw him. He's up there making picks for the games and stuff. Wow. It's, it's just weird. Yeah, I know. Weird seeing him up there. Yeah, I want to hear what he says about ASU. I don't think he can say anything. He's probably feeling so much better these days, I would imagine. Uh, I'm not. The Cardinals added uh, linebacker Camu Gruje-Hill on uh, Tuesday as well. Camu Gruje-Hill? Really just found a player that we thought was really playing at a high level and could add um, some value as we move on throughout the season. Um, that's how we came down to a really productive player there in Houston. Uh, I've got to get this right, man. i got to get this right for Sunday. Um, Camu. Gray J. Oh, no. no See, I messed it take up. Two, take two. Hold on. Camus. Gruje Hill. Yeah. We need to say it with a question. Camus Gruje Hill. It's got to be Camus Gruger Hill? No. I, <laughs> you know what? No, I feel you. I feel the pain right there, Rick. Especially in the moment. Camus Gruje Hill. Okay, now that I've guaranteed I'm going to mispronounce everything for the rest of the show. Uh, Christian Walker, first base gold glove award winner for 2022. Walker. Y'all. Walker woke. Y'all. What's happening? I, I have no idea. <laughs> what what was that? Because I didn't do that on Wednesday. Did you say? Are no, we that, only at Wednesday right that, now? No, we're still at Tuesday. We're still at Tuesday. It's like we're going back doing? in time. I'm oh, listening you know to you though? rap. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Cam Johnson, twenty nine points. Out there, I missed those first three shots. They're like, "What are you like?" I came off a handoff. You didn't shoot it. They're like, "What are you doing?" Like, they looked at me like I was stupid. I was like, "All right, guys. Like, I get the memo." But I tell you guys all the time, it's really helpful as a shooter when you have coaches and people that encourage you to take the next shot even if you're 0 for 10 you know what I mean yeah, I'm going to speed it up since it's, we're like halfway through Burns and Gambo's show by the time I get well, done here. Uh, Coyotes beat Panthers. First win at Mullet Arena. Hop the draw. Coyotes win it. Nemeth has it. Speeds into the corner. That's it. 
A tremendous, hard-working, gutsy effort by the Arizona Coyotes. And they're rewarded tonight against the Florida Panthers as they win it 3-1. to one. And we'll still on Tuesday, the Phillies looked unbeatable. Five home runs. Here's Bryce Harper. I'm just so focused on winning. You know, I'm not focused on anything else besides that. Um, just having the opportunity to come in here and, you know, grateful for the opportunity to be here and just grateful to be here with the, with this team and this organization um, and not really worried about anything else. All right, on to Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, the uh, Commanders may be, the commanders. may be getting sold. Here's Adam Schefter. Forbes has estimated the value of the Washington Commanders over five and a half billion dollars. And if you are looking at that much money, you have to wonder why would you want to stick around and endure all the criticism and all the scrutiny that he has? Why not at some point cash up? Every yeah. time I see the Commanders play now, I just hear you say, Commanders! Yeah, Commanders, that and... Ain't none but $5.8 billion. No big deal. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to go six. six. That's what I'm huh? going to do. Yeah, I'm going to say the commanders, they're going to go for $6 billion. It is an NFL team. Those don't those don't just pop up no, on eBay very often. Especially not in the nation's capital. Uh, the Nets looking at hiring Ime Udoka. Here's Woj. There may not be a coach for this team. There may be, there, there may not be a right coach for this group anywhere on this planet, <laughs> but I think Adoka is somebody who certainly has the respect of the group there. Yeah, it got worse for the Nets after that, too. Uh, that was only Wednesday. Oh, yeah, let's get to it. Gone. Uh, the Astros, all of a sudden, Philly's not looking so unbeatable. In fact, they couldn't get a hit off the Astros on Wednesday. The Astros even up the World Series with a 5 to nothing win tonight, and four of their pitchers combined to no hit. The Philadelphia Phillies as Presley finishes off what Christian Javier started. All right, on to Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, it sounds like D.A. may be able to come back Friday. Here's Devin Booker. It'll be nice, man. Um, you know, if he's healthy, ready to go. I uh, got the rest that he needed. It's a long season, so, you know, even a light ankle sprain like that, you don't want it to linger. And, you know, I think he's back ready to go. Yeah, that's good. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is going to be playing tonight, I would imagine. Otherwise, I'm going to have a fit on Monday. <laughs> uh, the Dolphins, you figure if you're going to sign, if you're going to trade for Bradley Chubb and give up what you gave up to get him, probably going to sign him. How about a five-year extension worth $111.25 million? Here's Ian Rappaport. In all, a maximum value of $111 million when you include incentives. I think the most important thing for the Miami Dolphins is he's there, he's paid, and he's ready to play for them. That's probably something. Something that you know he was always going to get paid wherever he went, but him on the field is the most important thing for the Dodgers. And the Astros beat the Phillies now up three two in that series. Here's Justin Verlander. Just just take it one pitch, one at bat, one game at a time. Um, you know, and do what got us here. Continue to do what got us here. You know, I, I think that's what makes this team so great. Is there's not one particular person that's going to go out there and try to be the hero on a given night. Um, you know, we just uh, try to try to have quality at bats, try to make quality pitches. Oh, well, he's getting game set. So once again, uh, you're you're telling me that a no hitter was pitched in the World Series for only the second time in the history of the game. Yes, baseball. Yes. we're talking baseball about. history. That's number the one. And Justin ever. Verlander finally got a win in Game Five. Is there that you what you're That's saying? What I'm saying. Finally got a win in the World Series. Yes. This is momentous. 
Uh, Kyrie Irving suspended five games by the Nets. Here's Woj. For Brooklyn, they were in a position now, uh, I think, where they where they had to suspend Kyrie Irving. The environment around the team, I think it was unsustainable. And there certainly had been the, the impact not just on the team and the basketball, I think the smallest part of it, but the organization, the, the community in Brooklyn, in New York. And I think for the NBA, this was a story and a situation that was not going to go away. Eagles, no. Eagles, no. And it's not going to go away. It, uh, Eagles win again on Thursday Night Football. They're 8-0. Coyotes lose to the uh, Stars 7-2. We don't have to play that on Friday. Friday. Friday, Steve Kime joined the show. We asked him about those uh, Patrick Peterson comments. I mean, I have nothing but respect for, for Pat and the, the, the athlete and the, the talent that he possesses. Obviously, during my tenure as uh, general manager, one of the more talented corners that I've seen him play in the league. And, so I have a lot of respect for him as a player. I have no problems with it. Update on James Conner, DJ Humphreys. Um, yeah, feeling better. We'll see how they feel Sunday, but uh, felt better today. Everybody feels better with this music, right? Yes, it does. Sun so, tonight. Oh, that is great, man. Thank you so much. I love you all. Peace and strength. Peace. 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 Peace.